0: Hello and alaykum, everybody. Welcome to Muslima Podcast. As you know, I'm Asma, your host. Today's episode I'm really excited for. It's called Becoming an Author 101. This is a highly requested episode by a lot of listeners. I think there's a lot of young people out there who want to publish their work but just simply don't know how. Um, so today I've brought on Amna Qureshi. She is an author of The Lady of the Lion and The Man of the Monster. Um, it's a two-part series, um, fantasy series. It's romance and it takes place in Pakistan, um, which is really, really cool, um, and Amna's here to answer all of your questions about publishing a book and writing and, you know, being an author as a full-time career. I will put all the information for Amna's books and her social media in the show notes. I definitely recommend that you check both of those things out. as Amna. Wa <laughs> um, Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, as everybody knows, you are a published author. We are so, so happy to have you on the podcast. Um, so first, um, I would just love if you could introduce yourself. Thank you so much for having
1: me. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, my name is Amna Qureshi, and I'm the author of The Lady or the Lion and its sequel, The Man or the Monster, both of which are out now.
0: Awesome. Um, so for the first question, I just wanted to ask you, what inspired you to write The Lady or the Lion?
1: Yeah, so when I was a junior in high school, I believe we read this short story in my AP language class titled The Lady or the Tiger by Frank R. Stockton. And it was basically about this princess who had to make an impossible decision to send her lover to either a door with a lady to get married to or to a tiger to get killed. And it fascinated me so much to think about which one this princess would have chosen and how she would have arrived to her decision. So my novel, The Lady or the Lion, sort of retells that short story and expands upon it, except this time it's set against a Pakistan-inspired world, which is heavily influenced by my own culture. And at its heart, The Lady or the Lion is a love story because I love romances. So that was a bit of the inspiration.
0: Wow, mashallah, I had no idea that it was actually um, inspired by another story. So that's really cool. Um, so I know that you know, you're pretty young. Um, so how did you go through this process of publishing a book, you know, going from idea to, you know, having a book out there and having a signing, you know, like, I, it's a very difficult process. And I think it's hard to navigate. Um, and a lot of people really want to know how to get from, you know, one place to another um, when wanting to publish something.
1: Yeah. So it's definitely a long process, but ever since I was, I think in high school, I knew that I wanted to eventually write stories that could get published. So I was working at it for a long time, um, trying out different stories, seeing what would work. Um, I think the first thing that you need to do is finish writing your story. Um, So I can talk a bit about the writing process as well. So usually what happens is when I get an initial idea, I the idea down um and spend a lot of time just like mulling it over I call letting it marinate um so then usually I'll like just jot down notes here and there but I don't usually have like a full plot straight away um I'll usually have like ideas for characters or maybe like some dialogue scenes or maybe just some notes of things that I know I want in the story but it isn't enough for me to actually start writing the entire thing yet Um, but then eventually it usually takes me I'd say a few months to think about it. Um, And of course, it's not always consistently I'm thinking about it. Sometimes it's on or off, or sometimes I get an idea and then I don't think about it for a while and then I come back to it. Um, But usually when I have enough, I would say, source material that I think that I could write a full story of, that's when I usually sit down and I'll write a quick outline, just sort of the beginning, middle, end, so I have an idea of what, the big picture of the story will look like. And then I expand that outline um, into like a bit more details so I have an even better idea of the story. Then eventually I'll expand that longer outline into chapters. And then that's usually when I go back to my notes and add in those little scenes that I had jotted down or dialogues or just the notes that I had um, while I was preparing the story. And then that's when I finally sit down and write the draft. Um, I also usually edit while I write, so by the time that I complete my draft, it's usually in decent shape, Um, and then after you have a completed manuscript, that's where you sort of approach the business of getting published. So after you have your completed manuscript, you want I approached agents for representation, because you can't really submit to many publishers without an agent representing you. So to um, approach agents, you usually send out a synopsis, which is like, um, just a quick summary of your story, sort of like what you'd see on the back cover of a book. Um, and then they usually ask for sample chapters just so they can get an idea of your work. So after I sent out those emails to agents, um, some of them respond with, if they're interested in your work, they'll want to see more of it. So they'll either ask for like a partial submission, which is like maybe 50 pages or like the first 10 chapters, something like that or they'll ask for the full manuscript, which is just the whole thing. So um, with the later line, i got a bunch of requests for the full manuscript, but I didn't get any offers of representation from the agents, but I did get good feedback, which is always really helpful. So I did a revision based off of that feedback and started submitting my manuscript again. Um, Around that time, I also participated in a Twitter pitch event, which is where you can pitch your manuscript um, in a tweet, and if an editor or agent likes it, that's an invitation to submit to them. It means that they're interested. So luckily during this pitch event, I got some likes from editors and agents, um, and one of them was actually from my publisher, which is CamCat Publishing. Um, So I sent them over my full manuscript, and a few months later, they reached out with an offer of publication. So because they're a smaller publisher, um, I was allowed to submit to them without an agent. But I ended up getting an agent later on for my other works um, because in the long run for your career, it's good to have an agent representing you because they sort of negotiate your contracts for you and deal with a lot of the business side of publishing. But yeah, that was a bit about the process. It is definitely long, um, but I think the first step would probably be to finish writing your book and then get an agent and then your agent will reach out to publishers on your behalf.
0: Wow, mashallah. I mean, first of all, congratulations on being published. It's just really cool. Um, And I know it's kind of like an up and down process. There's a lot of steps to get through. Like, how did you keep yourself motivated? Because I'm sure like, going through each step, like even in the writing and like, you know, sending it out to people that there's, there's parts where you're like, Oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Or like, you know, parts where you just feel not motivated. So how did you get through those tough moments if you had any? Yes, it's incredibly
1: difficult, especially because um it's like this thing in publishing a lot of agents or publishers they take a long time to reply, and if that's if they reply a lot of times they don't reply at all um It's sort of just the norm in the industry that if like someone's not interested, they're just not gonna respond um so it's definitely really difficult, especially waiting that long um to hear back from someone and then you know sometimes just not even hearing back and then a lot of times hearing back and it's a rejection. So it is definitely a lot of ups and downs and it can be very disheartening. Um, Especially like a lot of problems that I was facing was because my stories are very like drawn from my culture or drawn from my religion or given the perspective of like marginalized communities, because they're not like the majority. Um, A lot of like agents or publishers just like aren't interested in it because they don't think that they can, marketed or that it won't sell as well um so you face a lot of like difficulty in that as well just being you know Pakistani American or a Muslim author but I think just you have to believe in yourself and your work I know it sounds sort of cliche but you really do have to be your biggest cheerleader and I think deep down I always was proud of my work and I knew that it was good um and of course, like, I would always just make thaw that, you know, if this was what was best for me, it would happen at the time that was best for me and the way that was best for me. Um, so yeah, I just really, you have to hold on to your faith and keep like faith in yourself and your work as well. And just like truly believe that if you keep working at it and put in hard work and try your utmost that eventually it will happen. And then Alhamdulillah, eventually it did
0: alhamdulillah thank you so much for sharing um that's absolutely amazing that you really stuck to what you believed in and you held you know, your belief that your work was good, because I think sometimes we can feel so belittled by like rejection. But you're right that like being Muslim, being Pakistani, that like sometimes people just don't want our stories because they don't think it's going to be profitable when it's really a beautiful, beautiful story. And you really uh, provided such a nice segue into my next question, which is that Pakistani culture is woven so, so beautifully in every part of this book. And that was one of the things I admired so much when I was reading it. How did you as a person who mostly grew up in America, how did you stay connected to your Pakistani heritage? Yeah, so
1: I loved Pakistani culture, and that was actually something that I had a lot of fun with when I was writing. Um, I loved like including those details about the food or the clothes or even like the language in terms of endearment or sort of just like little details like that. Um, and I think it is definitely hard to stay connected to your culture, um, whatever it may be, when you're you know growing up in America. And I went to a predominantly white school. Um, I don't think there were any Pakistani families in my school. But my parents were always really good, I think, about, um, you know, like making sure that we were interacting with other Pakistani families, that we were going to the masjid, you know, interacting with Muslims. And then beyond that as well, like my parents speak Punjabi at home and my um, family members as well. So I think for me, trying to stay connected came from just paying attention and noticing the people around me, like my family members and just listening to them since they are sort of living culture and I really wanted to hold on to my roots as a Pakistani. And then, of course, it also helps that I'm like really lucky, Alhamdulillah, where I get to visit Pakistan pretty often. Um, I think in the past, like seven or eight years, I've gone almost every year or every other year and I just love being there. And when I'm there, I'm always trying to soak in as much as I can. So that definitely helps. And when I'm not there, I really try to watch. Pakistani dramas because even though i know they're usually problematic um i just like listening to the language or seeing sort of pakistanis interact with one another and i try my best to speak urdu at home with my parents but i know i can fall short on that a couple of sometimes but i think it's just trying your best to stay connected to something that you really appreciate and love
0: And just from reading the book you can tell that like it was written by somebody who A, like has been to Pakistan and like has seen the beauty of it and B, like someone who loves it, like with all their heart, like just the way you wrote about it was so passionate, mashallah. So I'm really glad that you were able to stay connected to your culture. um, Because I think that's something a lot of us, you know, speaking from myself and just so many other people, I think we struggle with it a lot. So that's amazing that you're able to stay connected and um, put it into your own words. Speaking of the main character, um, she's so cool, Mashallah, very adventurous. Um, when writing a main character like they're gonna like, what was the process like? How did you create her? And like, was there anyone in your life that maybe inspired you, or it just came from within?
1: Yeah. So a lot of times when I'm writing, um, I think my main characters are largely influenced by myself and maybe some emotions or whatever I'm going through at the time. And now it's sort of funny because I wrote this book a few years ago now, so it's sort of funny to look back and remember sort of some of the emotions I was feeling or see how it manifested in her. But I think I also took a lot of inspiration from my friends, um, who I think are all very dramatic and emotional, but also just exceedingly vivid and complex. I really wanted my main character to be complex. And I really tried to get that across where, you know, she has these moments where she's exceedingly kind and loyal and careful, but then there's also these moments where she can be, you know, petulant and even a little bit cruel or petty. Um, So I really wanted her to be complex because, you know, I think women especially are just so complex. We have such a range of emotions. Um, And then beyond that as well, I wanted Dirkne to just be really strong um, because I'm always astounded by all the things that my friends and, you know, my girl cousins and my sister and Even me, like everything that all these girls go through um, and how they manage to juggle, you know, their families and school and jobs. And on top of that emotional turmoil with, you know, maybe boys or relationships or whatever is going on. And I think Durkhani also goes through a lot in her journey, but um, she perseveres and pushes forward and, you know, tries her best and doesn't give up. So in those aspects, I was definitely inspired a lot by just the women around me.
0: That's so beautiful, mashallah, that you were just inspired by all the women around you. That means that you really grew up in a beautiful community, mashallah. That's awesome. Um, so uh, my next question is, what is something that you didn't expect when you became an author? Something that really was out of left field when you um, started writing or, or got published?
1: Yeah, so I didn't expect um, so much kindness. I get so many lovely messages from strangers and from friends I haven't spoken to in years, even like extended family, member, family members. And it's just so heartwarming, the amount of support I receive and I appreciate it all so much. Um, I think writing is a very solitary sort of act and making it a career, even though you're interacting with your publishing team and they're sort of supporting you and helping you get your work out there, it still feels a bit lonely because it's basically you and your words, right? But then when the book gets out there, it's just so lovely to see people actually reading it. Um, I just, I don't know, I always still get so shocked when whenever anyone reads my book. Um, so yeah, I appreciate it so much. And every single person who has read my book or posted about it or reviewed it or even just spread the word, it means so much to me. And I just like, it astounds me how like kind people can be. And it like makes me so happy when people can relate to my books and feel represented by them. And then it also makes me so happy when people can enjoy my books without relating to the culture because um, they just like enjoy the story. And it makes me happy to sort of have Pakistani culture out there as something positive or, you know, as something of the backdrop of this like fairy tale type story, um, because that isn't really what you see in the media all the time. So, yeah, just a lot of the kindness from strangers um, I wasn't expecting, but I appreciate it so much.
0: That's beautiful, mashallah. Um, You deserve all of it. The book was amazing, mashallah. Um, And there's a sequel now and I'm really excited to read it. Definitely recommend everyone to go out and get your hands on it. Um, So another question I have for you based on something you mentioned is that, you know, writing can be hard to make a full-time job, just like financially, but also like you said, it's pretty solitary. So are you writing full-time right now or are you doing something else and why did you decide to do that?
1: Yeah, so I'm really lucky, alhamdulillah, where I live with my parents. I don't have a lot of financial financial burdens, so I can um, afford to and have the liberty to write full-time. I was working as a data analyst for a little bit um, after I graduated college. I actually majored in applied math and statistics, which everyone is like, always oh, wow. super- Oh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was working as a data analyst for a little bit, but then COVID hit and I got laid off. Um and then everything was sort of just up in the air during COVID anyways. So that was actually, you know, Alhamdulillah blessing and success in disguise and a really good opportunity for me to just focus on my writing. And then when I got my first book deal, um and then the sequel, and then now I have another book coming out next year, inshallah. And I'm just working on other books as well. So I think number one, I am like lucky enough where like financially I can be a writer full time because I have my family support. Um, and then number two, it's a lot easier for me to just focus on writing full time rather than also have a day job and then writing. Um, just because I try to be really involved with my family as well, like you know, like I'm sure a lot of girls can relate to you know house tours and just spending time with family, things like that. So I think if I had a full time job, I wouldn't have as much time for writing.
0: Absolutely. That's awesome, mashallah. And it's probably a good balance to have with your family and writing. Um, So my last question for you is if someone out there is looking to get their work published or just like put themselves out there, what would be your first word of advice to them?
1: My first word of advice would be to finish writing. I don't think a lot of people realize that to get published, you need like a complete and pretty polished manuscript, but you do Um, So I would say to do your best to make sure your work is at its absolute best, and then you can sort of tackle the business of publishing. And with the business of publishing, the first step would be to reach out to agents and secure representation. And to do that requires a lot of research into literary agencies and which agents might be a good fit for you. And then, of course, different agencies have different guidelines for submissions. So it is a bit tedious um, to go through all that particularly because, as I mentioned before, everyone in publishing sort of takes forever to reply. Um, But I think if you keep with it and don't give up, um, it will happen eventually. Like I said before, you just have to believe in yourself and your writing, and you do put in a lot of hard work, and it is definitely not an easy journey. But also always remember that at the end, when it does happen, inshallah, inshallah, like, it all pays off. Like, now... I look back to, you know, all the years that I was sort of struggling with trying to get my work out there. And like, I remember how hard it was, but now I'm so glad that I went through all of that because I'm so happy to be where I am. And like, Alhamdulillah, it's all paid off. And I'm so grateful to, you know, have the opportunities that I have and to get to write the books that I've been writing and to get um, my work out there. I'm really living the dream, Alhamdulillah.
0: Alhamdulillah. That's awesome. Um, Thank you so much, Amna, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure my listeners do too. Like I said, make sure to check out Amna's Instagram and her website and her books. Inshallah, she has two out right now and more to come in the future. So we're really excited to see um, what's more to come. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time chatting. Yeah, of course. Salaam alaikum. Salaam alaikum. Thank you for listening to another episode of Muslima Podcast. To stay updated, make sure to follow us on Instagram at muslima.podcast. And if you enjoy listening, make sure to leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much and see you next week.